0: This is the one with an Eiffel of a tower,
1: light bulb moments,
0: a shocking reveal,
1: a scorpion queen with a short fuse, and Doc getting
0: amped about inventors. It's called Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Here we go. go. Whistle on our epic phrase, All through time and all through space Whistler being an angel's hair Dalek, Cyber, Zood and WOW!
1: Counting Sonic's rating apps From the poor to the sublime
0: Echoes and Whittaker Let's
1: agree it's about time Who back when? Reviewing One. on you who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please Rose and Donna Amy Pond Murray Clara And beyond Join us on his to See what
2: other choice could there be But who back when? Who back, back when? when?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, and all in between and beyond, welcome to another electrifying episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. That's right! Tonight we will be reviewing Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, but who are the component parts of we? Well, I. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's water, there's.
1: Smells of sulfur. <laughs>
0: I am Drew back and opposite me, interjecting with quips and bon mots, is seated a man who has been described as a champion, a hero, a scholar, a mensch, a gentleman, a bon vivant, a connoisseur, Sweden's third greatest export after ABBA and Lütfisk, and above all, the chap's chap, none other than Mr. Leon Punkin. Oh, uh, wow, you can see my ego from space.
1: <laughs> wow, thank you for that intro. Hello, Drew. Hello, Podcast Land. I could shoot a lightning <laughs> rod at that thing, and it would
0: be an inexorably drawn towards
1: it. And who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Drew Backwen. Right. And, and what are we talking about today?
0: Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. That's High the one. level. How did you feel about it? Well, you know what? Quite positively. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be surprisingly positive today.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like that's so much of a surprise first of all it's a sharp upturn from last week well certainly yes oh okay you you know what else all
1: right so the last time that we did a review you brought up something that i had said in the new to who back when episodes and i recall bringing up this episode in fact on the new to who back when episode Ah, vraiment. And you know what? This is not the episode that I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or rather, I had completely misremembered what it was.
0: There are so few other Jodie ones to choose from, which were you thinking
1: of? I was I was conflating this with the Villa Diodati, I think.
2: Oh, yes, Mostly
1: yes. in terms of the ambience. So I was eff- effectively expecting a really dark and dismal uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And then, instead, I got a whole bunch of CGI scorpions and that lady from the So At least we could see the villains in this one, unlike in
0: Vincent and the Doctor. That's true, yeah. Uh,
1: Overall, this episode, in many ways, is utter pants, and I
0: really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I feel like this episode is really really good but i never warmed to it mm. so the exact opposite of what you're describing that's
1: incredible i wonder if that means that we're both going to meet in the middle and give it the same rating
0: <laughs> yeah yeah just touch tips at the very end oh wow well feel, now you're speaking my language feel that spark between them <laughs> It's that tower. I can't get it out of my mind. But because it's alternating currents, <laughs> it's fine. You can just like put your hands between the tips. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just balance a light bulb there and see how bright we can make it.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Let's let's get into it. Let's
0: get into it. Okay, what's this episode about? <laughs> <laughs> let's find out via a B scale. Let's.
1: Time for us to synopsise, lebify and summarise. So take a view, and grab a brief, and
0: listen to this overview, this free-for-all, we like to call a, a bite-sized Bites Chunk of Who. by sized Chunk of Who. The 13th Doctor and Fam fall, <laughs>
2: through the mist of time,
0: into the domain of a chap who's absolutely obsessed with
2: high voltage. It's only that live wire,
0: Nikola Tesla, don't you know? and a floating sci-fi orb has caught his attention, as has a band of electric zombie creatures who are out to get him.
2: Hell's Bells!
0: It guess it's time for a very abrupt cut to a rock and roll train, where Doc gets hard as a rock, I don't know that one, at the reveal of Tesla's name, and off they pop to the Big Apple. But they're not safe in New York City because Tesla's
1: rival Edison thinks he's got big balls and wants his dirty deeds done dirt cheap. And the electric zombie chaps are back in black, shoot to thrill, and are out to kill. <laughs> then all of a sudden a floating ship's worth of alien scorpions are bringing out the big guns, guns and de- demanding Tesla and Doc join them upstairs to fix their
2: war machine. It's a long way to <laughs> the top.
1: However, and they're about to get
2: the track.
0: B-scout over. <laughs> you are welcome.
2: Aren't you just...
0: For those about to listen,
2: we We salute salute you.
0: you. (laughs) Well, it's all downhill from here. (laughs) Opening question, though. Oh, here we go. Does Nikola Tesla now have a giant functioning death ray (laughs) that fully fulfills Any dreams he has for it could zap a planet, could take down any flying machines that are about to be invented. And that are uh,
1: coincidentally hovering right above him. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Yeah, watch out, the Wright brothers. Because it's all based on his tech, right? Doc doesn't have to add any tech of her own.
0: I feel like the TARDIS is just doing the... It's the conduit, basically. Well, it's the ionic membrane again, and it's putting the shield around... Oh, yeah, no, sorry, you're right, yeah. Although, wait, she says it can't do both, so I assume it's either doing the ionic membrane make-two, or it's giving the necessary extra zap. They have to
1: flip a switch in the TARDIS in order to fire their big gun.
0: Yeah, so it must be supercharged by the TARDIS. Yeah, But still, did nobody else see that? Was nobody else (laughs) looking up as the sky was rent asunder? Well, so there are a few things
1: that apparently... I don't know if these were just the tabloids, the boulevard press harping on with lies about Tesla, but apparently there were a few headlines that kind of harken back to stuff that happens in this episode. Yeah, And one was that at a certain point, he did something, some experiment maybe went awry or whatever, and lots of sparks were seen Flying up into the sky Oh wow So there's that And then there is also I had no idea uh, Apparently he did claim That he Heard something from Mars Or he fired off A transmission to Mars There's something about Mars
0: Yeah I saw that I in the Encyclopedia Britannica, no less. Oh, wow. Oh, really. Was this just a Tuesday afternoon,
1: you were sitting there in your slippers, <laughs> uh, flipping through the Britannica? Yes, and I was like,
0: oh, Nina, oh. you really should read this. Oh,
1: <laughs> I should make a note of this. This will come in really handy on who back when.
0: <laughs> yes, well, I've alluded to Nina Mativia, writer of this episode, which mm-hmm. was first broadcast 19th of January, mm-hmm. 2020, directed by Nina Manzor. And yes, she found lots of historical nuggets of accuracy in that tesla really did arrive in america with four cents to his name and apparently this was off history.com i don't know how veritable a source that is but the fifty thousand dollar promise that edison was supposed to have made to someone who could get his generator to work he really did bilk tesla out of it with the quote you just don't get the american sense of humor seriously yes
1: edison was such a dick absolutely what a horrible horrible man Mm-hmm. But you know what, this episode has also taught me Really lovable <laughs> <laughs> Nina Mativier Has also worked on other Doctor Who Episodes, she was a script editor On two episodes, on It Takes You Away And The Woman Who Fell to Earth Oh
0: really, two yeah. of the better
1: Episodes of Series 11 Yeah, and also, like, given that it's the first One of the Chibber's era, that's a Massive responsibility
0: Yeah, she has well earned a promotion To regular episode writer Yeah. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't write any episodes after this. No. But doesn't matter. It was hard to get an elbow in with Chibbers just hogging the whole of Flux and all the specials afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure RTD has her somewhere in the back of his address book. I I certainly hope so, because well done, Anina. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe.
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's so complex. Okay, do you want another question? Go for it. Shall, we, shall, I, shall I pong your ping? Please. Hmm. What is the official explanation for all of the dead people in Edison's lab? Oh, right. <laughs> or the dead guy in Tesla's lab, for that matter.
0: But Edison, science is a risky business. When you said, do you think that Tesla
1: now has... I figured, you know how you could finish this sentence? You could say, Tesla has something on Edison that can shut his operation down. Oh, right. Because every time that Edison goes, oh, yeah, well, uh, Tesla's technology is completely unsafe, and you know you don't know what happens, then Tesla just goes, yeah, and how are Bill, Bob, Jimmy, and uh, Ed who work in your office? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're all are dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and if Edison tries to come back with, but your guys all died as well, Tesla can be like, everybody saw them walking around yesterday. <laughs> That's After right. the hour you claim that they had been killed. That's right. With healthy red eyes. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> because I've been trying to develop a new camera and the red eye is incredibly bad. <laughs> It's In fact, you know what? It reminded me of nothing so much as the Brooks course in 2008, where everybody, everybody. had those. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In every picture we took, that was the state of digital camera technology 14 yeah. years ago. Just that, over and over. And our
1: cohort was largely vampiric. But yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we did
0: very little during the day. <laughs>
1: but such is life at Brooks. Yep, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent student year. <laughs> All right, ping my pong. Well, I would like to bring up in relation to some of the body count, what perhaps knocked me off course from really enjoying this episode. Oh. Because I think it's a fundamental error to have someone die in Tesla's care or laboratory or whatever, and they treat it as such a minor thing with such callousness, Mm. like, oh, this guy's dead. Miss Skerritt says, oh dear, with exactly that amount of emotion and compassion. Yeah. And I found myself instantly not liking them as much as the episode clearly wanted me to. It set itself at a disadvantage and it had to make up all of that ground. Yeah, Tesla, who's meant to have a
1: huge heart, he's more concerned with finding an alibi He's more concerned like oh actually this didn't happen because I fucked up this happened because someone stole my kits. I don't like, think
0: yeah someone died dude. <laughs> I don't think he even cares about his position vis-a-vis the legal system. It's purely an ego matter of no my machinery would not malfunction in such a way and so I must find out the cause. That's how he's going about that's what's at stake here. His massive inflated sense of self-worth. I, I suppose so yeah. He doesn't come across as a massive egotist because he's only got the second biggest Ego in America at this point, and number one is growling at him from across the street the whole time.
1: <laughs> his his ego is at least as big, I think. It's just that he is concerned more with posterity. He's he's ah. like, I am so much better than Edison, I will be the one to whom the future belongs. Doesn't he even say like the future
0: is mine? Yes. Like, and yeah. in doing so, he says everybody else can suck one because they live in the present poor puny-minded fools yeah. <laughs> but the future
2: is mine yeah.
0: the future is mine
1: that's like a lex
0: Luthor line that's <laughs> yeah. not what the good guy says i mean he has just found out his death ray works that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely scope for a sequel to this <laughs> episode <laughs> where he is super
1: duper evil where he shows up as a villain yeah absolutely
0: okay I mean, absolute will... power corrupts absolutely that was, that was one of the lines that i wanted to pop into the uh, into oh. the intro i was
1: like oh to be honest i wasn't that clever all i did was i googled expressions with electricity and that was one of <laughs> oh, them no. what was i gonna say yeah so doctor who and mm. bbc do you think they've often taken historical personages and turned them into adventurers companions of the week Yep. Tesla is one such example H.G. Wells in Classico quite recently Tesla
0: isn't a Companion of the Week
1: Tesla is a Doctor of the Week Oh, that's a very good point Yes, you're right but But certainly they've given them a positive sci-fi spin Yes Do you think that it's within the Beeb's purview to... Shit
0: on Edison this much?
1: Well, no. Well, okay. Do you think that the Beeb could, for example, take Tesla, turn him into some sort of gigantic megalomaniac villain who kills thousands of people, and then at the end of that episode, wipe everyone's memory and plonk him back in history? And we now look back at Tesla as that oh, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, fairly benevolent and forward-thinking. We don't look back at him thinking, oh, yeah, he committed genocide and he destroyed the moon and then we were forced to build a new one and (laughs) yada, yada, yada. Do you think the Beeb could do something like that?
0: It's an interesting question because it will forever remain hypothetical.
1: Well, okay, follow-up question. Who would be a good candidate? This has nothing to do with this episode, but who would be a good candidate for that? And what would they do?
0: Okay, so... Here we go. I feel like if the BBC is going to do this, it would have to be some white dude from history. Okay. Someone who hasn't suffered by being revisionized that's not a word, yet. Because if you take a historically underrepresented region of the world and their personages, you know, someone who's black, a, a woman or something, and make them evil, then you're punching down. Yeah, so no, you shouldn't do that. So to that. do this, you have to punch up. Who, who could they do it to? A, a monarch is unsafe ground. (laughs) Well, the bee would never do that. Oh, maybe
1: a different country's monarch. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay, okay. Hmm. We
0: had Napoleon in Doctor Who. And if not, why not? Wait, have we had Napoleon? Have we not had Napoleon? rtd if you're listening what what a massive oversight even bill and ted had napoleon what a five foot nothing oversight <laughs> no he was actually taller than that but
1: yes that's a redonkulous yeah uh, oh yeah okay great but napoleon isn't necessarily regarded as no the nice guy from from this side of the channel
0: <laughs> no that's true He'd be more likely to be rehabilitated, in a way.
1: Yeah, that's true. But okay, by fine. Take Napoleon. And in addition to being Napoleon, he also, at a certain point, was just... He was killing and fucking all over the place. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that dude was a massive asshole, and he sided with the... No, wait, this doesn't work.
0: No, we need someone else. Come on, dude.
1: Yeah, okay, we need... Okay, okay, okay. Marcus Aurelius? Ooh!
0: Ter- um, Clara's Clara, exactly. favourite Roman emperor. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
1: So Marcus Aurelius turns out massive a-hole. The only reason he was into philosophy and existentialism was because they wiped his mind and he was just struggling to grasp to, onto reality.
0: <laughs> Gandhi. Uh, uh, do you know what? I thought of Gandhi, but I Gandhi is a, a complex historical figure as well. Yeah. If you've got someone of that complexity with the good and the bad, then you're much better served... Just dwelling on some of the lesser known but true good or bad things. Aren't That's a good you? point. And yeah. amplifying people's knowledge rather than just making shit up. I think you'd have to go back a long way in that case. So, are we maybe further than Marcus Aurelius? Like, like Plato, or Socrates, or Aristotle, there's definitely room for larking around in ancient Greece. We've done it in Rome already, Yeah, with
1: Pompeii, so go back to Greece. Yeah, Greece, sure, absolutely, why not? You know what's just on me? Definitely. We are treading ever further away from this episode. Let's okay, get back yeah. on
0: track. Right, right, sure. I don't know whose ping or pong it is. Well, should we talk more about Tesla? Yeah. The Doctor of the Week? Absolutely. What did you think about Mr. Tesla?
1: My first reaction was that, wow, he looks like Tesla. Right. That is tremendous casting.
0: Even more so than David Bowie.
1: You know what? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Better accent than David Bowie as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd still prefer David Bowie. Oh, really? Well, yeah, just because it's Bowie. <laughs> oh, I rewatched The Prestige and. Yeah, I did my homework. Yeah. Wait, in anticipation of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched That's... it on my Wednesday. That's pretty solid. Well done. Yeah. I liked it way more than I did the first time as well. It's such Ladies a good and film. gentlemen, and all in between me on Watch the Prestige. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Goran Goran Visnich. Visnich. A a really
1: good actor. Did okay.
0: he look kind of familiar?
1: He did look super familiar, but just to say, he is a fantastic actor. He had, even though the character of Tesla, as we just discussed, maybe wasn't quite as likable as maybe the production team intended for him to be on a few occasions, he is so spot on and enjoyable on screen. The best scene, obviously, I think, being when he's suddenly relating to Doc, and Doc is relating to him, and he's just so childishly fascinated with the fact that he's finally encountered another Gallifrey, and I mean another inventor. <laughs> right. uh, and it's, I really enjoy his portrayal of Tesla. Yeah. He does look familiar. Give me a hint. It, podcast land, before we press record, I was like, I absolutely recognize this dude. Look him up on IMDb, but only give me a hint. You've now... just
0: said his the show that he's famous for. Well, oh, wait. You said. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, I looked him up. Spell Uh Spell er? Yes, now. E-R-E-R!
1: E-R! Who are Who are Who are E-R! That's absolutely... That is where I recognise him from. Yep. But I feel like he's been in something more recent as well that I've seen. But yes, you're absolutely right. Holy shit!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he played Luka Kovac for ten years. Oh. He's also played a Nikola in Severed Silence and a Nikolai in Red Widow. That's... Entirely absurd (laughs) (laughs) Typecast And he's in the new Hellraiser Mm,
1: Which I haven't seen yet Nor I I look forward to seeing it at some point in the next 12 to 14 years
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now I also liked I don't know Did I like him or did I like The position he was given in the show And recognise it As indicating someone Whom I should like I don't know why I'm having this difficulty maybe i lost a lot of goodwill with orphan 55 honestly and and doctor has to earn it back a bit and i'm trying not to hold it against the show but i don't know for some reason maybe it's because van gogh also had that same prominence yeah and we have the Skitherer, and they are the Rachnos Mark II. And the whole point of the Skitherer is that they steal stuff. And everything in this episode is also stolen from previous Doctor Who episodes, thereby undercutting its own moral. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something to do with it.
1: Yeah, okay, I see where you're getting at.
0: But that's got nothing to do with Goran Viznich himself. I did like him. I Do you know what? I did watch it twice, even though I keep saying I'm going to stop watching them twice. I watched it twice to see if I could be fair to him. All right, sure. And I liked like pretty much every scene he was in, but maybe he just couldn't bring that much that was new to the role. I don't know. I think he is good, but the
1: role is not nuanced. And also, the mm. role doesn't do all the things that you kind of expected to do. Okay. He is an inventor. Do you feel that he invents enough stuff during the course of this episode?
0: He invents a way of reading the Orb of Thalassa, whatever it's called.
1: Wait, how does he do that? All he does is, like, he plugs it in he does plug it in but plugging it in was a very new concept back then okay that's true yes that is true you know what you're right i I'd totally forgotten about the the orb bit the oh is the radar i have a concept of that as well i, I- what i oh f- yes i call it my exploring ray what i feel the thing about his inventions here is that he's 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 basically a failed inventor which mm. is not entirely untrue he's an unsuccessful inventor and the way that he is brought into the story is that Doc is the one who always goes, actually, here's some cool tech. Oh, you, you invented these things, but you don't know what they are. Here's are some cool ways in which to use some some of your tech and some of my tech and some of my knowledge. And he is fascinated by this. And his, his open eyes, that's really what sig- signifies him as an inventor. Yes. But what we don't have is him and Yaz, they go off on a solo adventure or a duo ad- adventure. And... Yaz doesn't know as much about science as he does. What we don't get is him MacGyvering his way or their way out (laughs) of a room, which is kind of what I expected to see. I expected there to be, frankly, more electricity in this one. Right. Like, like at some point, surely, someone's going to get electrocuted, as in that should be the weapon, and it shouldn't be because Doc makes it happen. It should be because he makes it happen. He
0: is integral to it happening. He is the one who unfolds his blueprints and basically goes 95% of the way to making this happen, but then the doc is allowed to steal the cherry off the top and claim all the credit, just like Edison. (laughs) (laughs) Tesla slaved away over a resolution, and then in swoops, doc. You're so right. I had not thought about that, but you're so right. Oh, man.
1: So that's Tesla. Yeah. How do you feel about Edison?
0: Do you know whom Thomas Edison has portrayed here made me think of more than anyone? Ironically, somewhat. Oh. Elon Musk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Obviously, that came to mind as well.
0: Yeah. From the Encyclopedia Britannica entry... On Thomas Edison, Mm -hmm. in temperament, he was an uninhibited egotist. At once a tyrant to his employees and their most entertaining companion, so that there was never a dull moment with him. He was charismatic and courted publicity, but he had difficulty socializing and neglected his family. Where is the lie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: which entry in the Britannica
0: were you reading? (laughs) That was
1: Edison. There's also the part where he talks about, yes, you're you're an inventor, but I have the money and I make it happen. You you have dreams and I make those dreams a reality, I'm paraphrasing, but there was something to that effect. That was it.
0: Which that was is very
1: exactly much a, a Musk thing of, I've got shit tons of money, you've got some cool ideas, I'm going to buy
0: them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyone can have ideas. I make them happen.
1: Yeah,
0: that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was SpaceX. That was Tesla. That yeah. was all of it. There is a Musk
1: reference in this. Is there? Yeah. There's that weird <laughs> It's so weird to me that no one knows who Tesla is except for Doc.
0: None of the companions do anyway. Yeah, that's my
1: that's yeah, sorry. That, yeah. That's who I'm who I'm referring to. But there's one point I think it's Ryan who says, "Do you mean the guy with the cars?" something like that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It's like, "All right, cool. So there's a Musk reference and Musk's cars obviously are a Tesla reference, so I that that's fine. I'm literally only signposting it. There's nothing else to it. However, I am genuinely Flabbergasted that no one knows about Tesla. Surely everyone knows about Tesla. Yeah. Why doesn't Ryan go? You mean the guy with the coils or whatever else? Oh, you, Tesla you, coil, of course. Yeah.
0: You mean the guy who invented all those weapons that are used in Command and Conquer? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what Ryan would be doing. He was buggering off in the Ghost Monument to play with a big gun. Yes, exactly. That is exactly what he would have been doing growing up. Yeah. Or are we just old? No. No. Maybe Ryan's dad would have played it with him as a young boy <laughs> before he ran away. Yeah,
1: it's very possible. Yeah.
0: There's a few more historical facts of Tesla and Edison clashing, mm-hmm. which are fun. Mm. In 1917, Nikola Tesla won the American Institute of Electrical Engineers' highest honor. What was it? The Edison Medal. Oh, what
1: dicks. <laughs> I mean... Oh, that's horrible.
0: That is, it's just so mean.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Is is it
0: an honour or a punishment? (laughs) Uh, Either way, ouch. uh,
1: Oh, and by the way, let's retroactively give Gandhi the Jeff Bezos Award for altruism. Oh, that's... Talk about kicking a man when he's down. Yeah. Mm.
0: And the other thing I wanted to mention was the current wars, the ACDC business. Yeah. Tesla was a pivotal figure in the development of AC, but actually it was George Westinghouse in reality who fought a lot of the vitriol and the stunts and the bad publicity in the press. Doesn't get a mention here because that would be to overcomplicate things. But there was this other guy who actually was sparring with Edison for a decade or so. Not even familiar with him. Yeah. To be honest. No idea. Yeah, he was the one who perhaps in a slightly more Edisonian role took Tesla's patents and made it into the basis of our, you know, modern day electrical lives. Right, okay. Yeah, George Westinghouse, look him up. Well, I shall. Let me just reach for the Britannica. <laughs> uh, on a more Hovian
1: note. Yes. Edison Prior Who Connection mm. Robert Glenister Played Thomas Edison We've met him before In the caves of Androzani, mm.
0: In which he played Salatine Yeah Yeah I was very impressed To learn that he was not American He's from Watford Yeah Well done Well done Yeah <laughs> That's crazy
1: bonkers That's great voice work Yeah well done mm. While we're on the subject More Doctor Who Connections Yes The Queen mm-hmm. The Scorpion Queen Played by yeah. Anjali Mahindra. Anjali Mahindra, indeed, who has been on the Sarah Jane Adventures, alongside another Doctor Who connection which I had no idea about,
2: Bradley Walsh. Oh,
1: right. Bradley Walsh was also, he was a recurring bad guy on the Sarah Jane Adventures. A recurring
2: bad
0: guy? Elijah Spellman. How have we never found that out? That's so
1: lazy. Yeah, I need to look this up. I've never seen Sarah Jane Adventures, but apparently Bradley Walsh, prior Doctor Who connection.
0: Anjali Mahindra played Rani Chandra in Sarah Jane Adventures, also came back for Goodbye Sarah Jane during lockdown as well. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and spoilers, she's in something even more recent, something we're about to review slash going to review in six months when we have time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? As Rani Chandra, again, wider Doctor Who universe jody appears what redacted
1: oh right it is redacted yeah yeah oh oh that's another big name to add to that list then oh i didn't i thought jody was the only sort of quotes familiar name associated with that no oh very oh yeah i'm looking forward to
0: that yeah my research ruined it for me (laughs) and now i've ruined it for you too podcast land oh you're Unshut welcome <laughs> I've got more questions If you've got more questions Let's have some questions Let's actually talk about this show Okay,
1: right Seguing on from Edison
0: Still touching upon Edison though Why <laughs> does Doc take the Silurian gun to him? Well, Ryan is the one who opens his jacket And is like I bet you want a piece of this, don't you? And that's the way they get into his office. I guess because otherwise he just wouldn't have been dissuaded from grandstanding in front of his building saying,
2: Look at my name up there. I'm the big cheese. I love speaking out here. (laughs) T-R-U-M. Yeah, yeah. I love to blow my own Edison. With a special invention I patented.
0: (laughs) God, he'd sell billions. The incredible self-sucking machine! (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, that is a solid answer. I've been put in my place. Uh, Ah. Pong me, ping me. (laughs)
0: Okay. We've already mentioned ACDC. Yes. I would like you, if you can, to rewrite for former script editor Nina Mativier. Goodness, all right. (laughs) The clunkiest line in the series to date. Oh, well, Oh, what is it? It's Graham saying, Oi, ACDC, you two might be the greatest minds of the age, but is there any chance you can. Gotta look down, and take a breath. This line is so long. Stop squabbling while we try and save the planet. <laughs> It's supposed to be a quick little jibe, and it stops the episode dead, and everybody's looking at their watches.
1: Yeah, right, I'm going to hang on. Nina, here's what you want to do. Do exactly what I did earlier this evening. You Google ACDC songs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oi, ACDC, can you be a little less static? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, your currents will have nowhere left to earth. No. Uh, oh, You lost me
1: You lost me yeah. You had it You were there You were right there And it went so well And then you just yeah. lost me I'm so sorry Well Nina I, do you see you, you got to go for Short as possible Alright ACDC You're going to blow a fuse If you keep going I know I'm not really up, uh, I'm losing the accent as well I never had it to begin with Alright ACDC No shit No wh- 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 just, just go for the humour <laughs> Alright ACDC <laughs> You may not be up on current events, but I've got a news flash for you. Oh, hey! Boom! Yeah, there's yeah. two so, and a
0: half lines there.
1: There's something in there somewhere. We
0: still haven't got. Too much. Oh, very nice.
1: Very nice. <laughs> okay. Question. Yes. Why is the queen humanoid, and how uh, does the whole scorpion human apparition thing work?
0: What, what, what what's happening there? I get that in these insectoid societies that the queen is of a different appearance and makeup to her underlings. But she's bipedal. Yes, yes. They didn't really show much of her, did they? There was a sort of hint of a tail, but they didn't want to show her legs very much because I don't think even they were convinced. They were like, we've got to do lots of Dutch angle close-ups on her face.
1: Oh, right. Do you think that they originally envisioned something like the Ragnos? Because the Ragnos is such an imposing and impressive costume slash prop. Mm. Do you think they maybe wanted to do something scorpion-like for the queen here, but then just didn't for whatever reason?
0: If we're looking for potential reasons, perhaps the final showdown between her and the doc would have been made much more unwieldy by the need to get all these claws and this great long body in the way. They wouldn't have been able to face off quite so neatly. But okay, so how does this? How does this work? Is this yeah. just a
1: hologram? Are they like phallopatorius t- into a humanoid shell? Uh, mm. Is is it like a Men in Black bad guy kind of situation where an insectoid is inside a? You know what I mean Vincent D'Onofrio Inside the human skin
0: mm. Yeah yeah
1: What is it Because occasionally The tail shows up Which hints at A much bigger creature Than a Simple biped Yeah that's
0: true She is actually Smaller Than everyone Than everyone else, else. Yeah Also She
1: just walks Along the ground
0: what, it, it, All the other ones Are just like scorpions Walking on the ceiling Well they're the same Duplicated model Thousands of times over Yeah so, that's true Yes
1: <laughs> But they're all over the place Like they're, they're not beholden to gravity It seems Or they've got Really sticky feet Or sticky legs So they can just walk On any surface She doesn't She behaves very much Like a human being Yes She's got the weird teeth At the top and bottom Of her head But she also has A face in between Frick is happening. Meanwhile, the other scorpions who purport to be humanoids, they look like actual humans but with red eyes. But then why do they wear cloaks? And then what (laughs) this is the part of the episode that can eat my whole ass. It's so bad.
0: Yeah, when they appeared at halfway, I didn't give up on the episode like last week, but Mm -hmm. I could just see it only going one way, and guess what? That's exactly (laughs) the way it went. When you say they, do you mean the CGI Scorpions, or do you mean... I the- mean the skitherer in general. I oh, okay. meant the alien threat. Right, yeah. Like, oh, okay, so everybody else is going to club together, and they're going to defeat the threat, and the threat's going to go away, because... That's the only thing that can happen, and I've seen that too often. Okay, in shows outside Doctor Who, I would have liked an original spin, but instead, any moments of originality after halfway were line-sized.
1: Yeah, which is a shame. I agree with that. The bad guys here are definitely the weakest part of the episode. Yeah, but in a sense, I feel like they're such a small part of it that I can kind of live with it. I'm okay with it.
0: No, it, it doesn't make this episode entirely unwatchable. Yeah. Or without merit. You watched it twice! I did! It's fine! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I would say that the music that accompanied the Skitherer, the Skitherer themes,
2: mm-hmm. the stuff
0: that plays while they're in the ship, when the Queen comes down unexpectedly, that was the best stuff. That was where it fit best. The music in the entire rest of the episode was either too cold or too warm, and there was nothing in between. It didn't hang together. It was either sort of vaguely grimy ambience or going for the heartstrings far too baldly. Mm. whereas the skidra that was properly not horrific it wasn't that scary but there was an eeriness to it that, that really did play on the ear
1: yeah that's that's a good point imagine if tesla and doc or even just tesla were kept captive held captive aboard that skidra or whatever species ship that is and just forced to invent and repair for the rest of their life mm-hmm. that's that's really sinister there's something incredibly dark about that and you can you can imagine tesla going like you know what this is actually cool i can learn quite a lot from this but then eventually he has to help them conquer some world or whatever he realizes whenever i go to the bathroom there are going to be like 74 scorpion eyes staring at me <laughs> like it, this is the worst fate i could have chosen for myself
0: yeah And he's like, there's no way you can use me to keep fixing your ship. And the Skithra Queen goes, actually, there is, and slices him up. And eventually the SS Nikola Tesla is the result. Nice.
1: Very nice. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great, actually.
0: (laughs) I did actually, I just, I'm going to contradict what I said a minute ago. Oh, yeah? I liked his reaction to them saying... We want Tesla. And he's like, no, you can't put this on me. He's got this massive ego, but he does have a very human reaction. Like, no, it it can't just be me. I need a minute. I need to go out. And that felt very natural. And it was a good way of having him and the doctor have another one-on-one. Yeah. Which was, I think, one of the strongest scenes. It was a nice counterpart to the one you described earlier, where they were talking about being inventors. Yeah. It's also a great example of something Orphan 55 didn't have, which was a moment to breathe and actually feel the weight of what was happening through Tesla and just in the rhythm of the episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. The, another counterpart to that scene has just dawned on me, by the way. Just like Tesla takes a step back and goes, holy smokes, you're an inventor, I'm an inventor, yada, yada, yada. Ryan has a scene with Tesla's friend, I can't remember her name now. Miss Garrett. Miss Garrett, thank you. Where it's basically, hey, you're a companion, I'm a companion. Yeah. And that's quite nice. I like that scene. Hmm.
0: Oh, here's my friend who doesn't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> How about I read out my note on companions? Oh,
1: here we go. How I... many of them, to begin with?
0: Well, there there were four, but oh, right. okay. I didn't like Graham in this one. Okay. Not even when he's scolding Edison.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Do you agree with me on that? I feel like Graham was basically not in this episode. Okay, yeah. Graham was the Yaz of this episode.
0: Right, I'm going to take what you said. <laughs> okay, we've established that Graham is a Yaz. I think Ryan did a straight-up Yaz. Oh! Because Yaz was with... Tesla. Ryan was left to fulfill the Yaz role. Usually it would be Yaz talking to a, someone like Miss Skerritt yeah. and asking the questions like Ryan does, hanging around trailing after he. There was nothing specific unique to Ryan in this episode at all. He yeah. did a straight up Yaz. Yaz was also a Yaz. Miss Skerritt was a sepia-toned Yaz. Yeah. So we had four companions in this episode and they were all Yaz. <laughs> <laughs> they were all some form of screensaver. You're right. <laughs> that notwithstanding, right. I
1: like that scene with Ryan. Okay. Ryan is entirely superfluous here, as is Graham. Absolutely. As is, at any given point in time, in the Chibas era, two-thirds of the companions. Of course. Absolutely. You just need the one. You don't need three. You need one, or you need to learn how to write an episode that accommodates three companions, and no one to date seems to have learned that. In this one, not even Yaz gets to do a four companions' worth of work, because in addition to the companion, you have Tesla and you have Miss Mm-hmm. But, yeah. A- anyway, yeah. Graham on the train. How annoying was Graham on the train? By the way, let's put a pin in the train, because fuck you, <laughs> train. How annoying was Graham on the train? He's, like, basically reading the newspaper, super blase, because he needs to do something with his hands because otherwise he's just standing there being Ryan. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is some real identity. So Ryan is Yaz. Graham is Ryan. Okay.
0: And Yaz is Graham. No.
1: Hmm. Have they
0: literally just... Done a musical chairs kind of situation. I think there's just that little to them. Graham mentions a depot, so mm-hmm. that is the one link to Graham's established backstory. Yeah,
1: which was uh, endearing but dumb,
0: and it went on way too long again. Yeah. Did you chuckle at a single thing Graham said in this episode? I don't think so. No, that has to be rare, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's saying something,
1: dude. The man was in Sarah Jane Adventures for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's practically royalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the Skithra Queen. Yes! That's your whole point. Right, okay. But yes, Nina and her, I assume, again this week, four further script editors uh-huh. didn't come up with one single good Graham line between them. Graham no. scolded Edison properly, like proper. Graham became the doctor for a while. Yeah, without the
1: foresight or the intellect.
0: Or the authority. Yeah. Yeah. Just
1: the judgment. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Train. Oh, fuck that train. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay, first off, here, let's run through this doorway. Cut two.
0: We're on a train. Smash cut.
1: That is. Surely, surely someone had written a sequence in between those two. And that is now. That never got produced. That never got filmed. Or if it got filmed, it got cut. Whatever. Surely there was something connecting the power plant whatever it is the waterfall generator thingy yes to the train why, are the, compa- why are the why is the fam on that train how did doc and tesla get on the train yeah did doc say hey fam wait for me on that train i'll meet you there
0: apparently yes the doctor has done the standard American calculation of if a train leaves Buffalo at 60 kilometers an hour Yeah,
1: and you have a, a TARDIS But we're gonna conveniently forget about that for a little bit now because where's the TARDIS in this equation? Oh, good point Yeah, at some point later on the TARDIS arrives But I guess the TARDIS is on autopilot and the doctor just goes beep, boop, beep, <laughs> And it just appears Dumb Duh, um. mm. Why do they encounter the fam on the train while the train is in motion? Why don't they meet at a station? That's usually where you board trains
0: yeah is nobody else on this train apparently not Hmm.
1: why when the alien dude shows up does he walk on the ceiling can he not just walk the same way that doc walked through a doorway onto this fucking train
0: i'm getting really angry now well this train man they they do come through the door initially but then doc is holding the next door shut and so then it has to resort to the roof. oh okay
1: well thank goodness that it's not really a gigantic monster scorpion that could just walk through a wall.
0: Yeah, or blast through a wall with the electricity which or makes... Or a laser. Well, which makes the gun it's holding kind of redundant, I that's was thinking. That's a very good point. Mm. Very good
1: points. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that train. Um, <laughs> oh, why does it have a Silurian gun?
0: Oh, because the Skithera have picked up stuff from everywhere. They have a Venusian ship and oh, a that's what it was, yeah. Kendo warp drive but a so
1: silorian gun silorians are from earth yes So, did they go underground at some point, encounter Silurians, steal one of their guns? The Silurians are asleep underground, most of them.
0: Has this gun been kicking around for 65 million years? Did the Venusians encounter the Silurians and have one of their
1: guns lying around? There's there's a massive story behind almost every single poor choice in this episode (laughs) that we are not told. Mm, But which is... Quite a bit more interesting, yeah.
0: Potentially, anyway.
1: And I would like to start that with chapter one: how we got on this effing
0: train. How yeah.
1: did they? I hate that train.
0: Yeah, it it proceeds very in a very formulaic fashion. The whole separate the carriage and it goes off behind. I can't remember where I've seen that. It's just baked into the cultural subconscious because yeah. it's I feel just like actually quite a few right? films
1: where that happens. But also, while she does that, the, the chap can't hit her with the laser. Yeah, exactly
0: the exact coupling that she was wrestling with a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm assuming it's actually not that easy to
1: just lift one of those things while the train is in motion. Surely the carriage that he is on, the carriage behind you, is pulling on the metal thing that you're trying to dislodge.
0: I think there'd be some kind of resistance... Yeah, like a few hundred tons worth of resistance. <laughs> yeah. Doc has been doing some reps. How is she able to do that? <laughs> well, the number of times she has to do the the move with the Sonic, her triceps sonic it. Sonic it. Here are the two in the series, she's sonic every
1: single thing. Sonic it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one time it makes sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah.
0: I would suggest that perhaps because you have the standard hopping between carriages and running along the roof thing, that going through a a station, first of all, you have to find a location and shoot somewhere, or recreate it on a soundstage, whatever, book King's Cross for the day, I don't know. Lots of expense there. Very cheap, very cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And... It would equally be formulaic. It's just too long to be doing the same old thing, right? They drew the line there. They were like, this one thing, the audience can take it for granted. Okay, they went from somewhere, they found a station, they got on the train, whatever. Do do you know what the easier thing to do would be, though? No. To just go, cut to New York. Just say,
1: well, here are my friends, by the way. Oh, hi. Maybe they go to New York in the TARDIS, but regardless, they just go, right, let's go to New York. Have a nice bit of B-roll that just shows the the New York panorama but it's aged you know and then they're in New York
0: yeah and you earlier asked why do they need the gun to or why yeah. do they show Edison the gun yeah they could very easily have just changed it slightly edison hasn't seen his agent george dunkley or whatever his name is for a few days and they come with ask to ask him about it but he reveals that he doesn't know where he is and then they pretend they have information On George, and that's how they get into his office.
1: Yeah, Ryan opens his coat, and it's just like George's head is hanging in in there. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you have no answers about this one, mate. (laughs) And Edison just just goes, Yeah, yeah, come in, let's continue this conversation offline. But the gun situation with Edison, Doc thinks that Edison has employed, like, assassins or spies or whatever, yeah. and furnished them with a Silurian gun. And doesn't she, or maybe Ryan, just, like, flop the gun on, or the rifle on his desk? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> That's a really bad idea, man. Yeah,
0: this is your leverage. Yeah. Also, you don't trust this guy, hand him a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So, could I go back a few minutes Please. to Ryan and Miss Skerritt? I made a note that rather than, in that scene, just have Ryan merely talking about how great and life-changing Doc is and, by extension, Tesla is for Miss Skerritt and the whole thing is over in two lines, Yeah, I feel like what any other era of the show would have done, definitely Moffat, probably RTD, dare I say, with more of an eye to the series overall arc than the script editors are giving evidence of right now, They would dig a little into the complexity of the relationship. It wouldn't just be a wholly good thing. There would be tensions there. Because I'm waiting for the moment, a few episodes hence, when Jodie suddenly goes, I'm in the stratosphere and you don't know anything about what's going on with me. And it's not grounded in anything we've seen today other than, a slightly mardy mood way back that we have to rack our brains to figure out oh there was something going on there because there's nothing going on here yeah there's so little depth to this relationship with any of the companions or the companions as a whole even if you merge them into one single uh, companion (laughs) the doctor is not relating to it and even if she isn't relating to it she's not not relating to it in an interesting way. Yeah. yeah you're a billion percent right. Mm. Yeah.
1: I have zero counter arguments. I, <laughs> I am your friend who agrees with you. This is... Oh, I'm so sorry, Nina. Not great writing, mm. but also, in her defense, really poor material to work with in the first place. If there was something substantial that you could go like, enter author X... Yeah. Listen, X, here are the dynamics between these different characters. Now, craft an adventure around those dynamics. That's one thing. But no one has been able to furnish Nino or anyone else with those dynamics. They've just said, Doc has three companions. Here are their names.
0: Yep. Ryan has difficulty jumping. Yep,
1: as traditionally asks a couple of questions. And Graham is witty and old. And that's it. Yeah. Drives a bus. You also need to add even more characters to this. And also, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you write, we're going to replace at least 50 pages of your script with CGI. Yeah. So
0: and that beautiful that beautiful sequence you wrote of the doc and Tesla escaping over Niagara Falls, pursued by a wraith. Wh- that's it's it's Chekov's Niagara Falls generator. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to have to cut all that. I'm sorry, we don't have the budget. Yeah, so we're just going to have to smash cut to the train.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my heart goes out to Nina. Yeah.
0: Quite yeah frankly. Actually, you're probably right. But yeah, wait. <laughs> Why are they settling for so little? What are they getting in return? Action.
1: I guess... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know what? Let's compare this to Vincent and the Doctor. Okay. Because we have a... It's a very similar setup. Misunderstood genius of their time. <laughs> Encounters alien force. Doesn't really know how to handle it. It's somehow sabotaging their life. In, in Vincent's case, it's making him go nuts. And it's making everyone around him think that he's going nuts. Yada, yada, yada. Actually, he's seeing an alien. Mm. In Tesla's case, it, it's actually sabotaging his work, for example. And his investment And his investment His entire future is sabotaged by alien intervention Make this Tesla and the Doctor Nikola and the Doctor Nick and
0: Doc Oh that would be a good one Yeah Because Nikola Tesla He is a very different character To Vincent Van Gogh Much more confident much more confident, he's less charismatic, but he's austere, and he's clearly a man of integrity. He's a man of convictions and beliefs and principles, yeah. certainty in the benevolence of progress. Certainly, yeah. That's a great thing to be playing with. Absolutely. And that is interesting, the one time they do it here, when he says, you are superior beings and you have high technology, surely you must be peaceful. And I, I guess maybe they dwell on his face, but you don't get to see the the shock. It doesn't resonate with him that, oh, oh, there's... A possibility that people don't feel the way I do about high technology. Yeah.
1: And by the way, the moral of the story is he ends up using high technology to destroy a species.
0: Except he doesn't because the craft flies away at the end, and I was actually disappointed by that. I wanted it to explode.
1: There's at least one dead skithra in, like, literally a New York street right now that we are also conveniently forgetting in this. Shot episode. by Edison. Shot by Edison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're so right. Yeah. Apparently, a pacifist in real life. Really? Yeah, Edison was like vehemently anti-weaponry and anti-anti-violence in that sense. Oh, he was just a capitalist C-word, but he was not the guy to shoot a monster in the street. Bing Bong, futurally on here. Actually, I looked into it a little bit further, and it turns out, yes, Edison was a self-proclaimed pacifist, but he did also dabble in the um, military industrial complex so may in fact have been just the right guy for it here uh, if you're interested google thomas edison pacifist and i'm sure you'll you'll find out more uh, anyway pens down podcast land back to the show
0: bing bong are you telling me that a real historical personage had a third dimension? I mean, apparently so, yeah. Baffling! That's not what I'm seeing on screen. <laughs> well, no, actually, no, because I mentioned that Tesla's failure to react with dismay a dead body earlier on yeah. really contrasts with Edison's reaction to his employees all being mown down. He is the one person in that room who cares that there's two dozen dead bodies in front of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but then promptly he either forgets
1: about it or he realizes he's gotten away with it. Yeah, it doesn't... It's, I mean, it's possible that he cares because he thinks, oh shit, this is the end of my business. Oh, maybe.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem to sit with
1: him, does it? Well, certainly not. He recognizes the guy, the the chap who... As in the guys that the scorpion dude uses. Yeah.
2: Oh, I had lunch with this dude last week. That's, that's right. And then,
1: yeah, he sees the actual dead dude. Wait, what... Wait, can we talk about this dude? Yeah. And the guys? Uh huh. Scorpion Guy has looked like this dude since the train, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, since the waterfall. Yes. The dude Scorpion Guy is impersonating is lying at this point dead in Edison's lab.
0: Yes. There are two. What do you mean there are two? There's Mustache Guy, and there's Don't Fuck Around with My Coil Guy. Let me put the coil in. Okay, but there are... You (laughs) doofus. Yeah, but there are two... Those are both in Edison's lab.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the scorpion dude, who looks like one of them, has looked like one of them since before he was in Edison's lab.
0: I don't think the dead moustache guy rocks up as a corpse in Edison's lab. The scorpion impersonating it does... And then the other guy is already there, and his scorpion doppelganger.
1: Okay, hang on, I need to get back to explain to me how the scorpion apparition thing works, because my understanding was, there are in fact two individuals who look the same. One of them is an actual human being who is killed in Edison's lab. Yes. And the other one is a scorpion guy with red eyes who just looks like that guy. Yes. But that guy looked like that guy, back on the train, and back in in, uh, at the waterfall, way before we even went to edison's lab
0: no no you're mixing up two characters the guy with the mustache is the guy who tesla is like oh big deal at the beginning and the other guy is the one whom edison had lunch with last week and is trying to get his oafish colleague to leave him alone because he knows what he's doing i see that's why he ducks down below the table everybody else gets zapped and the scorpions a by bi- mustache guy who has turned up as a scorpion. The scorp- by bi- the scorpion who has turned up as a moustache guy, and then he recruits, he kills Slash, and then a second one comes along. Where does the second one come along? I don't know. I- I'm a little confused, if I'm honest. But I-, I take your
1: meaning, most likely, I'm just being super racist and all scorpion apparitions <laughs> and all scientists look the same to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. What you have said, though, has made me remember... Another interesting thing the episode doesn't do or doesn't utilize to the full, which is the doctor is constantly saying, don't trust anyone with funny red eyes. They can impersonate absolutely anyone. And then they don't. They just don't.
1: They don't. You're right.
0: They just stay the same two people f- to begin with. Why can they only steal somebody's image once they've killed them? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's not explained. I don't remember that being a rationale of the Scorpions in general.
0: No. And if they can only do that once they've killed them, then why aren't they pretending to be someone else on Edison's staff coming up? And Edison's like,
2: Oh, I'm so glad you survived the massacre. Oh, I promised I'll get round to having lunch with your wife next week. But But what's wrong with your eyes? They're really red. Is someone taking your picture? (laughs) (laughs) Has someone been working you really hard? For day after day, so they're completely bloodshot Well, yes, I suppose that is my sense of humor You Brits don't understand business (laughs) This all checks out wonderfully
1: Absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Britannica confirms it (laughs) Right, dude, there are a few more points I would like to run by you In fact, a few more bugs I want (laughs) to me out of this system Give me your bugs so that I may bear them That sphere, the, like, bugging mechanism.
0: The orb of syllable.
1: That's the one. Why do we once again need to get a montage
0: of (laughs) historical stock footage to show that it has scanned us? because that's really fun old timey stock footage that's from the dawn of cinematography
1: that i i hate it
0: um no it's not if it were like oh no it knows
1: everything about us and all it shows you is a train pulling into a station
0: (laughs) oh yes and the moon with a rocket in its eye yeah and some cave paintings
1: (laughs) (laughs) then that would be like all right i'm on board i get the joke bbc (laughs) i get it i like it but here it's done so seriously it is the equivalent of orphan 55 of I'm reading this dreg's mind and all I see is stock footage of nuclear testing facilities and, and a fox decomposing like it's, yeah, it's yeah. exactly that
0: and it's been done to death so many times the in resolution plugged itself into the back black archive immediately saw all of recorded history yeah, yeah just leave it alone
1: exactly it didn't work in fifth element it doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, something else from Orphan55 that came back. Oh, yes. Here we go. Edison
2: says, This box has taken us halfway across New York.
0: And then, once he's run around with Yaz around a corner, there is a handy tunnel to the next location in the wall, and within seconds, they're where they need to be.
1: Yep. You're right. You're right.
0: Stop it! (laughs) Stop it!
1: That doesn't seem like Nina. That seems like the writer's room or Chibba's, given that yeah. it is something that it, it, this episode has in common with a non-Nina episode. Yeah. It's uh,
0: her script editing cohort from whom... Exactly. Well, she She flew like a swan, and they kept shooting her down to earth. <laughs> mm. Got any more bugs?
1: Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We get yet another species that's amazing and ancient and unknown that the Doctor has heard of that we have never, ever heard of before, but it just conveniently fills one teeny tiny little plot element.
0: Yeah, and all it provides is a scanning device. That's all. Yeah.
1: We did not need it.
0: Yeah, the ancient races have been sullied once again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a bottomless well but the more you go to it, the more you turn it oily with your own grubby fingers keep reaching in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So while we're talking about script editors and how bad they are. Here we go. <laughs> I would like to suggest a couple of lines that I think maybe would have made me like Nikola Tesla a little more. Oh, well, let's hear it. I have a theory, which is that part of why this episode didn't fully engage me was... We never saw Nikola Tesla really inhabiting his world. We saw his places of work, and yeah. we saw the crowd ranged against him as some of the barriers he had to overcome. But I didn't really get a sense of like the man's life. Now, it is likely he spent all of his time shuttling from one laboratory to another. So have a companion ask him a question. Everybody's Yaz this week, so it could be any one of them. Yeah. Don't you ever go home, Mr. Tesla, and give him a couple of
2: extra lines like, This is my home. This is what I live for every moment of every day. Even when I sleep, my mind is running ahead of me into the new day, into the future. And the second I awake, I must return to my endeavors to keep pace with it. I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That also would help cement something else which bugs me in this, and that is that the the three labs that we see are wholly interchangeable Mm. there's nothing that signifies oh this is what i do at the uh, waterfall and this is what i do in new york and this is what i do in goodness knows where there's no difference between them it's just like three rooms
0: yeah with some vaguely fantasy steampunkery yeah and we don't
1: really need the the problem is that the fact that they are separate rooms even though they don't play separate roles means that we are forced to endure traveling between them and we didn't need to. Set this in one lab. Yeah. Keep this by the waterfall. We can have that wonderful scene that you alluded to earlier where they go over the fall.
0: We don't have to use a train.
1: We don't need a train. We, we don't really need New York even. Or if you want to involve Edison, then I guess only set this in New York.
0: But regardless, you don't need three spots. There's a handy tunnel from New York to The waterfall. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's essentially one extended location.
2: Yeah,
1: but you're right. So if we were to learn more about how Tesla feels about these various locations, or this location, if we limit it to just the one, that gives that location a bit of meaning. It anchors it in his life, mm. and that is missing. It's the equivalent of do, Have you seen Have you seen The Devil's Advocate? Keanu oh, Reeves many years ago. Mm. Oh, where does he sleep? Who says he sleeps? Where does he fuck?
2: Everywhere!
1: (laughs) That's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. (laughs) We need a scene where Doc goes, I don't see a bed in this lab. Does he ever rest between, you know, projects? Who says he rests? Where does he wank?
2: Everywhere!
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you just have... Uh, cut to like awkwardly slowly pan to to Tesla just like fondling a coil surrounded by sparks
0: like, <laughs> it, it, it... Yeah. <laughs> while Miss Skerritt looks on hungrily <laughs>
1: <laughs> and edison's taking notes like you, you, you need you, you're absolutely right you need something that anchors these locations in his life mm. and that explains what he does when he isn't working
0: yeah and even if he is working every moment of every day just have him say it because he's a quintessential inventor
1: yeah that's something we got in vincent and the doctor we got a sense of yes he is an artist and we are familiar with him because of his art but principally he is a human being with a rich interior emotional life and mm. that's what we're focusing on here. Tesla, we're familiar with him. Everyone except for the companions in this episode are familiar is familiar with Nikola Tesla yeah. as an inventor, as an incredibly open-minded chap who just was sort of living at least a century ahead of his time. But that's not what this episode is about. That's just what he does. Those are his actions in this episode. What this episode should be about is about his rich interior life, and that's how we learn something new about him.
0: And the lack of that is why... When he almost collides with Miss Skerritt at the end and they have a slight moment of awkwardness and recognition of, oh, any closer and we might have to admit feelings for each other, I don't see that as two human beings interacting. I see that as archetypes. I see that as a doctor and his companion going
1: through the motions. Yeah, you're right. You're this doctor and these companions. This is not like you. You don't. Surely you don't see this as oh, this is like Matt Smith and either one of his companions. This is. I could see David
0: Tennant leaning back from Rose, being like, "Oh, mustn't give her any idea Oh,
1: okay, all right, yeah, no, okay, I'll, 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 I'll take that. That's a good point. Yeah,
2: hmm. right, all right. Mm-hmm. okay.
1: One final ping, one final pong. Okay. Okay, final ping from me. Yep. (laughs) This is really just a case of me admitting my own ignorance or realizing too late that I've been ignorant. In the beginning of this episode, we get to see, I think in Tesla's lab, a Faraday cage in the background. Okay. And I wrote down, Chekhov's Faraday cage. And then about halfway through this episode, we still haven't seen a Faraday occasion. I go, oh, yeah, we should save that for the Faraday episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's, it's just a ping about how dumb I am. So I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I remember going to some august institution in London. Who I? And this was part of a school trip somewhere. Maybe it was a museum or something. Mm -hmm. But I think it may have been, I don't know, I don't think it was the Royal Society or the Royal Academy or anything like that. But somebody with a position came out and was asking us questions about figures from the history of science. Right. And we didn't know anything. And he was shocked. He was appalled. He was like, oh, the standard of education these days. And we were just like,
2: well, sorry, sir, we're just urchins following the curriculum. (laughs)
0: My point is that there are so many. Faraday, Newton.
1: Yeah. Newton's contemporaries. Is there a Newton episode? I feel like there ought to be.
0: Yeah. Galileo. Have we had any of these in Doctor Who? And if not, why not? I don't... Galileo, I'm not 100% sure. What about Da Vinci? We've had Da Vinci. We've had Da Vinci. Oh, We've had Da Vinci. I should think so. What about Copernicus?
1: I don't think so.
0: There's loads. Absolutely. Yes. Come on, Doctor Who. Yeah. And Napoleon. Yes, indeed. (laughs) and so crates (laughs) so crates (laughs) okay i've only got one final pong i really expected tesla to confront edison about the fifty thousand dollars he'd been swindled out of oh yeah because the exact same sum of money is mentioned twice edison cheated tesla out of it And it's the very size of investment Tesla needs, so he says, to get Wardenclyffe properly up and running. And I was waiting for the whole of the rest of the episode for that obvious connection to be made while they're constantly
1: meeting. That is such a good point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they almost end end up as they're not friends, but it's like a Nick Nolte Eddie Murphy relationship in forty eight hours. Yes, it's like yes. it's like a we don't really like each other, but you know what? Dang it, if we don't get
0: along, <laughs> yeah. Didn't we have some fun along the way? Yeah, exactly. Didn't we have some
2: fun, <laughs> Tesla, you old bastard? <laughs> Yes,
0: we had some significant fun, Edison, you old
1: bastard Yeah, there's Tesla putting a banana inside Edison's motor car (laughs) That's Beverly Hills Cop, but still (laughs) You get the idea
0: Yeah (laughs) Yeah So, yes, it's one of those where you just feel like the former script editor and the four series script editors, if they just had one more draft, didn't you have trivia about some iterations this episode went through? I did. Thank
1: you for reminding me. It had completely blown out of my brain. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read this straight off for TARDIS Wikia. In early versions of the story, which was referred to simply as Tesla, Tesla and Dorothy, I'm assuming that's what's her face, Miss would have left Wardenclyffe after suspecting sabotage eventually meeting the doctor's group on the train so they are the ones going to the train this now makes sense to me yeah a group of aliens called simply the scorpions that could possess humans into becoming quote electric people this also makes sense would have appeared at this point.
0: Right. Okay. That's a solid
1: episode. Yeah. I get it. And you know what this is? That is Nikola and the Doctor. Because that's Tesla just living his life, encumbered by some sort of alien, and that, as a phenomenon, somehow causes his path and Doc's to... Yeah, cross.
0: Yeah, and he can still have the orb, because one of the few things I liked about the beginning was the Doctor calling Tesla a big, fat liar. And you think, ''Oh, am I going to learn something about Tesla I didn't previously?'' I was unaware of in his real-life history. And no, it's the immediate thing. But even though it's a... It it doesn't fall flat for me. I don't know why. I I liked the misdirect. (laughs) Yeah? I enjoyed that. Nice. Okay. Just to sum up that trivia, though, we've had three stories in this series so far. Okay. Spyfall, Orphan 55, this one. Yeah. And for each one, there's been trivia on TARDIS Wikia about the iterations it's gone through. Spyfall went from one to two... Orphan 55 started off as Safari and was much more Jurassic Parky. This one sounds better in its draft iteration. So these episodes are being ruined by committee, aren't yeah. they? And a committee in which every member of the committee is chosen by a committee, like I said... However many months ago.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting observation. So the thing is, when we do the... When Jim and I do the Classic Who reviews, we very often encounter trivia similar to this. Okay. Where TARDIS Wiki or Wikipedia or whatever, IMDb, will say, oh, in a prior iteration of the script, actually, this was happening. or that was happening. And it always sounds like a very different episode. But in those Classic Who serials, when we see trivia like that, almost always is the final product also perfectly fine functioning in its own right i mean i really this is such a bummer because i really enjoyed this episode man that is such a sad <laughs> moment on which to end wait okay we can say more things we can say more things we can say more things okay 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 what we can, got we we got can i give you another piece of trivia yes i'll read this straight off at Todd's wiki this isn't necessarily going to be an upper but it will be a slight mind bender A recorded but unused scene showed the Scythra attacking Dorothy, rendering her unconscious until Edison realises that only one of Tesla's prototype inventions could restart her heart
0: oh is that not actually absolutely lovely yes because then edison has to admit the old bastard was onto something yeah and the fact that it restarts her
1: heart as well i mean it's very stereotypical but i can imagine that scene the resulting scene had it been included here must have been so heartfelt and it absolutely must lead to the moral of the story like it, it that leads mm. to 48 hours later nick nolte and eddie murphy are back <laughs> again because they can't get enough of each other
0: yeah and tesla is so grateful to edison for saving dorothy scarrett's life exactly and also it cuts to the heart of the ac dc wars which was they were constantly the dc camp were constantly accusing the ac lot of it being incredibly dangerous and going to be electrocuting anyone who put it in their home and here not only is it safe it saves someone's life you know it's a beautiful inversion it's yeah, it's
1: stunning. It's a stunning piece of writing and of character arcing.
2: Mm-hmm. Unused.
0: Unused. I thought also something they could have added in was when the Queen says, Give us Tesla! Couldn't they have all bargained with, Would you settle for Edison? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and how would he react to that? Because he, his ego would say, Why, yes, I'm... I'm Twice the man Tesla is. I'll get your ship flying to the end of the universe.
1: (laughs) That's such a good idea. That is a great idea. (laughs) Post credit sequence, they've now left Earth. They're flying away. Like Tesla's basically hot-wired their spaceship. They're flying away. Edison is aboard.
0: Edison's aboard, and he's doing his best, and the thing just explodes in (laughs) (laughs) mid-air. As it tries to go into hyperdrive, I'll, just I'll put this engine together.
2: <laughs> well, it can be too difficult for a man of my intellect. Okay, unbridled
0: positive. Go for it. The Skithera Queen's teeth. I found them mesmerizing. The work really? they did on them, the, the way they sort of made two out of everyone. Oh. I hadn't seen that. It was really detailed tooth work.
1: Right. I, hang on. I'm Google image searching it because I want to see those teeth. Oof, maloof, that is arousing. Yeah, you're right. Every tooth has been, at least the front teeth have been split in. Yeah, uh, cleft in twine.
0: Indeed, really striking.
1: Yeah, they look like candy corn. Right, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just going to. Okay, this is the final, final last one. Final one, last one, last one. Unfortunately, it's a bit negative. All right. Scare it. Sepia companion. Sepia, yeah. sepia screensaver. Just leaves with bye. <laughs> They exchange their final functionalities and then she goes, Bye. Bye. And and they give Tesla his little pep talk and then everybody nods and he just walks off and the doctor's like, Shall we? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, uh, isn't that also super
1: weird? Isn't that mega, mega weird? Because, uh, sorry, again, I'm going to do the Vincent and the Doctor uh, comparison. So in Vincent and the Doctor, Vincent, misunderstood in his time, is shown a glimpse of his future, is brought back to his own time, and left with a sense of, I guess, optimism, idealism. And then when they have separated Doc goes, unfortunately He's only appreciated after his death Mm -hmm. Here, it's like Tesla, you're amazing, I know, I'm amazing Tesla, you're going to do great things I know, I'm going to do great things Bye, (laughs) bye, Tesla walks away Doc goes, yeah, that guy is far arced (laughs) Let's go (laughs) Done all we can (laughs) By which I mean, I didn't even try i want to avoid another trial of a time lord oh. <laughs> shall we rate
0: this yeah let's <laughs> and now it is time to rate this did we laugh or hate this bing boom, bing boom, hey, la, 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 ratings okay podcast land once again i have been tardy of finger so i will be going first <laughs>
1: Heard that before. <laughs> oh,
0: dear. This episode is like going to a fish and chip shop, starving for a feast, because when you turned up last week, the people behind the counter just kept pelting you with mushy peas. <laughs> But this time, you're invited by the proprietor instead to examine the scales of the fish. Run your tongue over them, feel their bumpy texture. Now look into its eye, flattened by life's expiry. Isn't nature a limitless wonder? But don't stop there. Here we have a potato. The French call them ground apples. <laughs> An iodine test will indicate the starch present within. But I'm sorry, sir. The premises need to be fumigated to take care of an infestation. Please wait outside. And then he strides off round the back and you're left behind still hungry. Which is my way of saying this episode is never close to engrossing, but it is at least digestible, and yet I don't feel nourished. While it's nice to see a return to sincerity this week, some level of storytelling integrity rather than incessant jump beats – I ended up writing not bad for so much. Doc Skithra Queen confrontation not bad. Ryan's line, we've never been to a rodeo. Not bad. But <laughs> these aren't all time classics. What this is us. this is what I could salvage. However, Goran Viznich and Robert Glenister, they are beyond reproach. They did great jobs with or despite the script they were given. Really good performances, guests of the week, doctors of the week turn-of-the-century Mr. Big Bats of the week. Jodie was decent, too. She was a worthy scene partner in every tete-a-tete. There was some good acting there. However, there was also just an oil spill of companions swilling about their feet, doing nothing, just getting things stuck in there. What's the thing that kills Tasha Yar in Star Trek oh, TNG? the oil-spilled monster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that. They're that, essentially. <laughs> see the previous hour and a half for all the ways i think the episode could have been better if it just been tweaked slightly i was going to give it an above average rating before we started but abruptly it became clear that trying to skate atop the positives to get to this rating on a high note was like being a polar bear stranded aboard a melting ice cap so (laughs) (laughs) 2.4 i love it I love it.
1: That is such a good mini. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 2.4, you say? All right. Okay. Interesting. Okay, my turn. As I said about an hour and a half ago, this was not the episode that I remembered. But overall, you know what? I'm not all that dismayed that I uh, did misremember this. Doc is perfectly fine, as you say. Mm. Well done. Brava. Bravissima. There are all the usual annoyances with Whittaker. Let's be clear about that. But whatever, she does well. There are still way too many companions, but I rather enjoyed Yaz's solo adventure with an historical personage. Nice one. The other companions, take them or leave them. Uh, (laughs) Production value, pretty decent. The Beeb maintains their very high standard of special effects the sets are nice the set extensions look realistic even the rachnos by which i mean the scorpion Queen, <laughs> looks like some effort was put into the costume the story just has huge By which I mean, (laughs) with three W's and a silent Q, swathes of narrative excised from it. The jump to the train. I don't want to hop on about it, but seriously, the jump to the train. (laughs) The jump to New York. Then to the lab with the tower. Where was that? There are three different labs here, different Tesla stations, and they're all interchangeable. And, uh, okay, positive. I enjoyed the interplay between Tesla and Edison, but what exactly did Edison bring to the table except to be an archetypal dick who gets nary a comeuppance? And the Scorpions, what's their deal? While Tesla shoots the Thrill, the Queen wants to rock him like a hurricane, I get that, but they've had <laughs> run-ins with the Silurians. They're intelligent enough to maneuver a spaceship and reprogram orbs, but they're not clever enough to repair an engine? And why can they take on the look of humans? And why does the Queen look the way she does? And just, why, in Bang? If I could change one thing about this episode, and bear in mind, I'm trying to keep this realistic and not say, remove the train or undo the last few iterations of the script by committee, yada, yada, yada. Here's what I would change. You know that chap who's electrocuted in the Tesla lab? Yeah. If I could change one thing, it would be that when they remove the sheet that covers him, that chap underneath would have his eyes crossed and, like, sporting a straight-up Einstein haircut. That's, <laughs> oh, that's what I would change. Yes! <laughs> With all of that said, (laughs) I want to end on a really big positive, and that is that this feels, despite everything that I've said, despite everything that we've discussed over the past 90 minutes, this feels like Doctor Who to me. Right. The historical setting, that scene where she relates to Tesla and vice versa, yada yada yada, it's all great, and sure, some of this episode can eat my whole ass, but there are Lots of cobwebbed corners of the universe that are just straight up garbage. And I still love them unconditionally. So, you know what? All in all, it's okay. Greatest asset, Tesla. Yeah. Uh, wowee. No biggest flaw as such this time, but quite a few minor ones. And as a rating, and the journey that I've been on with this rating, my <laughs> friends, because it was so high when I started, and then I took it down so far after our conversation, and I brought it back up again a little bit, I've given this 2.9.
0: Okay. That's the rating I wanted to give it. I really did. I'm going to give Fugitive of the Jadune such a high rating. I this. know, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: can't wait. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Two weeks from now. <laughs> <Podcast> <laughs> line, just wait. <laughs> Why isn't Gilded Age New York six feet deep in horseshit? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, what a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I just spotted that note that I completely missed, but yeah. Yeah. Uh.
1: Anyway, those are our opinions.
0: Let's find out what Podcast Land has to say. Ooh, ah!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max to fifty, or it would get out of hand. Right, we have seven listener minis this week.
1: That's right, and Podcast Land. Oh my goodness, we spent so much time offline, off the air, discussing this. You've grown accustomed to this in the Classic Hue channel. Oh, if you could see the sad face that Drew is is giving me right now.
2: I'm not giving you. It's just
0: my face. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't acting, this is, this is... It's just s- sadness. Yeah. It's just, dismay. Just collapsing internally. Disillusionment.
1: Podcast Land, here's the thing. We've received seven minis, as we've been doing with the Classic Who channel. We're going to read three of them in their full splendor, and the others we're going to uh, give you a little rating snippets of. And uh, we wholeheartedly recommend that you head on over to WhoBack1.com and read all All of them, all of them in their full mini splendor, because they're all amazing. And seriously, we have spent so much time. This is the only time in a podcast episode in the New Who channel that I'm going to say this. We've spent so much time off the air going through these minis and just discussing, oh, fuck, but which ones (laughs) can we pick? Yada, 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 yada. They're all great. So thank you, everyone, who sent something in.
0: With that said, first up, it's Michael French. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> no, I can't say that. So and you wonder why he only <laughs> rates an episode once every four years. <laughs> that seems so offensive. I'm so sorry, Michael. <laughs> Hello,
1: Michael! Welcome back. It's been quite a while since last you wrote to us.
0: Michael alludes to that as he begins, you know, I didn't mean to only review an episode or two every few years, but that seems how things have ended up. Ah. But with that very exciting reveal at the end of Power of the doctor that i heard about online i've been reinvigorated to return but no more promises about me reviewing every upcoming episode with how terrible this last
1: episode was anything would seem like an improvement says michael that said i do think i actually like this one the main reason i enjoyed this episode is because of goran wiesnicz as Tesla, I feel they were trying to make as sympathetic and tragic. As Van Gogh! And while it doesn't reach those heights, I do think it worked reasonably well, showing a 21st century mind trapped at the beginning of the 20th. On the villain side of things, I don't hate the idea of a race of aliens that are basically technology vultures, but something about the way it's presented makes it seem like they do it out of spite rather than opportunity. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Also, I feel the makeup on Queen Skithra may have been reused, altered from the Arachnos Empress design from the Runaway Bride episode. Yeah, definitely.
0: Certainly conceptually. And overall, Michael gives this a 2.9 flying green orbs out of 5. Thank you very much, Michael. Yes, and welcome back, and congratulations on your reinvigoration. Mm-mm. Who's next? Why, next up it's... Tracy
2: Tracy from America!
0: America. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Tracy
1: starts. Okay, jumping right in. Let's go over what made this one great. Okay. The guest stars are fantastic. They totally steal the show. Yep, yep. Check. I fully believe the dynamic between Tesla and Edison. Both characters have nice depth. Edison is portrayed as something of a jerk Yet this is balanced by the moment He is genuinely shaken Having witnessed the death of his workers Mm -hmm. Tesla is played as Combination dreamer, creator, visionary And I always love it when a guest character Is able to connect with the Doctor on a level That her regular companions cannot Every iteration of the Doctor Includes an element of loneliness Making such a connection
0: that much more special And making her connection with Yaz Towards the end of her run that much more fake (laughs) Sorry, it just became clear to me. It had to be said. <laughs> Yaz, you're the best ever. I've I, Of all the people I've met, you're right up there. Why doesn't Doc go... I'm oh, sorry,
1: uh, Tracy, we'll get back to you in a, in a second. Why doesn't Doc go, uh, Yaz, you're great. Okay, ho- whatever you were saying, hold on thought. I'm going to go and find Tesla. <laughs> he really got me.
2: <laughs> he was so right. I couldn't agree more. <laughs>
0: Speaking of the doctor, Doc once again gets her hands dirty building something. Should we dub her the MacGyver Doctor? Ooh. Not the first mention of him in this episode. Oh know! <laughs> 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 or does she give more of a steampunk vibe? For this episode, the doctor's morality tends very classically towards protecting the innocent and meeting out justice on those who refuse to step back from violence. The Doctor's remarks also give us a subtle parallel between the Scythera Queen and Edison, both of them stealing ideas with little regard to the way it might harm others.
1: very nice observation.
0: Tracy goes on,
1: The episode title had me puzzled until I realised it was how Edison would opportunistically spin the night's events when asked the next day, AC, a threat to safety, Nikola Tesla's night of terror.
0: Beware! I loved the way he just so easily and fluently whipped up the hysteria on the streets. Yeah. Yaz was doing her trying to help thing And he was just like
2: Nope you gotta go with fear <laughs> That's
1: a lovely bit of Yaz acting by the way Where Yaz realises oh. You know what the outcome is still positive We are saving lives We're getting people off the streets But she realises that in doing so She is still kicking Tesla while he's down mm. It's a nice bit of writing and a nice bit of acting
0: Yeah There there are nice poignant moments in this episode yeah. Of Tesla's deep sadness and tragedy Too often, though, you just cut to another action thing going on. Yeah. Or to a Fucking train <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Okay right Cutting to Tracy's Last paragraph Even with the Regular companions Fading to forgettable I can't find much Bad to say here Well aren't you Lucky we were here To help You know what <laughs> If I were to Recommend someone Watch their first Episode of Doctor Who Says Tracy And it had to be Whittaker Tracy thinks Tracy might go With this episode Interesting It features Historical time travel Aliens Yeah. It's engaging mm-hmm. And you get Some fundamental Aspects of who The Doctor is
1: Yeah Tracy have you Heard New to who back when? (laughs) (laughs) And Tracy gives this a rating of...
0: Mouse using a mouse to play Minesweeper. You know, I thought I could out-Tracy Tracy with my extended metaphor. I just can't get close. No. no. I have no idea what's going on there. No,
1: Tracy plays by Highlander rules. There can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice mini Tracy. Wonderful, in fact. People who are not Tracy can follow Tracy on Twitter, I believe, Drew. Where can they go? At?
2: <laughs> yeah, cut me up north.
0: That's
1: Fountain, Fountain tracy. tracy.
0: Backwards, Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Who's next? Why, next up, it's. Hey,
2: Maxwell Renner! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maxwell begins. This episode is one of my favourites from series 12. I just love how the Doctor runs into Tesla. It's just something new and refreshing. Classic train jumping, and suddenly a train. Ugh. Where did the train come from? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Due to the amount of time I had, I had to speed up the episode by 1.75 speed, so speedy talking. Bit slow around the 10-minute mark, but still somehow on my good list. Just casually mentions the Sonic is made out of spoons. Thanks for the reminder, I'm sure we all forgot. I did once forget.
1: Yeah, it, same here. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? I think that's a nice callback. I yeah. think that's quite quite sweet. Yeah. Maxwell continues, The possessed dude slash projected dead guy villain scorpion thing kind of looks like the booth dudes from 11 season 5 episode The Beast Below. I do like the scorpion yeah. creatures. I do like the teleporter that needs to recharge. It's a cool concept. Yeah, I agree. I do like the save the world plan using the tower fun idea also yaz's outfit with those pants is amazing side point the tardis lit up blue is something i want more of conclusion excellent no bad points this time
0: okay now go back and watch it one time speed (laughs) but before i shit on your life maxwell gives this episode a 4.6 out of five awesome adventures with the 13th doctor that have come to an end wow 4.6. 4.6.
1: Holy smokes, Maxwell, you have a huge heart.
0: Yep. Wardenclyffe, cocktail size. <laughs> People who are not Maxwell Rainer,
1: shame on you. But fret not, you can experience the next best thing. Head on over to Twitter while that's still a thing. And follow <laughs> Maxwell online. He can be found at... The True Misty. Except no substitutes. Thanks, Maxwell. Writer Rudy and Cheesecakes podcast lands. That said, we've now read the three in their full splendor. Henceforth, snippets with that.
0: Who's next, Drew? It's GP Haynes. <gasps> what up, GP? I oh, said so G, you said P, G. Rating 4.2 Tesla experiments. <laughs> Is that how this part works? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, GP.
1: from GP. GP can be found at Finding G Spots on Instagram and YouTube. All in one word. For your convenience. Just for who's next. That's right. Just for who gives this. Ooh. Just for who gives this 4.3 out of 5.
0: Pretty (laughs) close to GP there. Interesting. Thank
1: you very much, just for
0: who. Yeah. The last three ratings. All safely in the falls. Yeah. Starting to feel a little bit. ungenerous (laughs) yeah we are definitely
1: in the minority well thank you very much just for who who's next drew next up it's michael
0: ridgway
2: ridgway
1: hello michael
0: love you michael
1: what does michael give this
0: michael gives this 3.5 out of 5 eddington employees not going home for supper yeah
1: yeah i bet you that's a reference to
0: a bunch of dead dudes (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) hmm Edison does mention, what will their families think? Yeah. Still don't feel like this
1: affects it. His- okay, Musk just took over Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine tomorrow morning, Musk goes to work, and he realizes a whole floor of the Twitter building is just
0: full of dead people. Do you think we'd read about it? I mean, we're reading about whole floors of twitter not full of sacked people so uh, probably okay yeah that's true yeah okay fair enough uh, bad example okay
1: <laughs> was it people who are not michael ridgeway can find michael on twitter where should they go drew he's at bad underscore movie underscore club no more underscores thank you very much michael eww so big who's
0: next last up it's kieran evans what up kieran hello and kieran gives this a rating of a bit dull but decent 3.0 out of 5 so how does edison explain the room full of dead workers Hey, Kieran, have you met Michael? Yeah, very nice. Holy
1: smokes. Yeah, you're not kidding, Drew. Our ratings, maybe our hearts aren't big enough.
0: Well, like I said, I was vexed and I was troubled as I was watching it by my heart not reacting the way I knew it should. I think this episode was perhaps a scorpion dressed up as a human Doctor Who episode. And I I don't know, something about its eyes just didn't look right to me. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. 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 everybody's been saying it was an Oxford Brooks photo yeah of a Doctor Who episode (laughs) everybody has been saying that Edison and Tesla were great fully fully agree yeah absolutely (sighs) I don't know I don't know conclusion definitely follow Kieran Evans on Twitter yeah
1: because he knows what's what (laughs) that's right Kieran can be found at KJ
0: Evans 2 for all all your Evan EVAN needs he has the biggest debt to Tesla all of us (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you
1: everyone who sent something in for this. And Podcast Land, please do head on over to whobackwhen.com read all of these minis, including the ones we just sped through in their full splendor.
0: Okay, so that's it for this episode of Doctor Who. But this is not the end of Doctor Who. <gasps> thank goodness. nor the episode of Who Back When. Thank double goodness. Oh, sweet Christmas.
1: What's coming up next? Well, that's an excellent question. Next up, we've got a classic Who episode, namely of a Mind Warp.
2: Let's Let's do the Mind Warp
1: warp again. It is part two of Trial of a Time Lord. It is amazing.
0: It's just Colin Baker to the left. And the
2: failure to the right. (laughs) Put your hands on your hips, Perry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's next? I don't know what you're talking about my best perry that's
0: excellent perry thanks
1: big finish if you're listening yeah what's next in the new channel drew
0: why it's fugitive of the <gasps> <What>? Yes, <laughs> the very same
1: i cannot wait for that That's yeah. gonna be insanely good
0: yep i've taken to not watching the next time on Zondoctor doctor who <laughs> But this one I watched, and boy, I am
1: ready. Yeah, ditto. Same. Absolutely. That's classic and new. We're gonna do an
0: Audio Who review at some point, right? Yeah, it'd be rude not to keep up with Anjali Mahindra. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And in the bonus channel, well, it's getting close to Christmas. So I guess there'll be some festive bloopers, maybe. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, there won't be yeah. any strange readings. But 2023, definitely. Uh, watch this space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the
1: meantime, I'm pretty sure people can find you online. <laughs> yes.
0: I for can- now, yeah. for the moment, I'm, I'm sure still on Twitter, yeah. at Drew Back When.
1: That is some excellent branding, and for my part, it's possible that Elon Musk's utter insanity has given me the perfect excuse to, to force a rebrand. No,
0: But it, we'll see. People I'm, just got used to it. They
1: just learned how to spell it. That's right. They've had nine years. <laughs> it, it, you can still say hi to me on Twitter as of this recording. I'm at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N, but you know what? I disagree with that M F R, and I don't know how long I'll stick around. So we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, TBC. Okay, so that's it. Thank you so much for listening. You have been a lovely audience mm-hmm. and indeed entire podcast land. Catch you on the flip side and bye-bye. Rock on, podcast land. Be rad
1: and excellent to each other. Thanks for listening. cha ciao other.
0: Catch your ear balls in our next Who Review or bonus episode. Until then, cha Chao. Who
2: back when?